0: Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family.
1: And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family.
0: And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least, but at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family.
1: So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever. And it starts right here with your family. So people often ask us, what did you do to turn your marriage around? Because our marriage at one point was in a really, really awful awful spot. And I feel like the life we have today doesn't resemble at all the life that we had then as far as, I mean, so many things, but for the purposes of this episode, especially our marriage. And we sat down recently and put some thoughts together how to kind of address that question. Um, But the way we'd like to talk about it today is how, like, what are some lessons that we've learned over our journey of, of digging out of that? hole like out of that really hopeless place how did we what did we learned you know coming out on the other side of it
0: and i think these are lessons that would serve any marriage whether you're in a hopeless what feels like a hopeless situation or you're in a pretty great you know relationship these are just lessons that i think we learned the hard way that i wish maybe i could have learned them otherwise or, or been taught and there's no particular order but melissa and i just collected these um Put them down on paper recently, I think the first one this is a little bit of a something we've talked about before, but is like what do we actually focus on in our marriage because with with family, I think there's a comfort level where it's it's just so easy and natural to focus on what isn't working and what you don't like about the other person or what you don't like about your marriage, and that was us that was pretty when it's interesting that when we were in a hopeless situation, we kind of had hopeless thoughts. <laughs> The only thing we would focus on it was, is what wasn't working, what we didn't like about the other person, what we wanted to change in the other person. And so I would say a, a big lesson for us was learning how to do that differently, to focus on what was working, to focus on what we did like about each other, uh, to talk about the things that we wanted and that we wanted to create and were hopeful.
1: I think another thing, okay, this actually isn't off the list. I'm going rogue here already.
0: <laughs> okay. But the first, the first one is, yeah, first lesson is what we focus on is what grows
1: And then the second thing um, that comes to mind is just this understanding that I am responsible for my own happiness. I think so often we enter a marriage thinking, okay, this other person is going to make me happy and it's kind of up to them to provide that for me. But I think we absolutely have learned that our happiness is, you know, from, from within.
0: And I think we learned it the hard way because, so much of our happiness used to be dependent on how the other person was showing up for us or not showing up for us. And we would talk about that a lot. And I really, I can speak for me. I really believed that if Melissa would just put the cap on the toothpaste,
1: that wasn't actually one of <laughs> that was things. never one of ours,
0: but it, <laughs> it kind of is that like, sometimes it can be that silly, you know, in your mind, like mm-hmm. if you would just do then I would be happy. And the reality is, I mean, sure. Can other people impact your mood or would life be easier if everyone showed up for you exactly how you wanted them to? Yeah. I guess all of our lives would be easier, but I think that is another huge lesson that we've learned is that we are each individually responsible for our own happiness, which I think the realization of that had us focus more on pursuing things that individually brought us joy and fulfillment and working on ourselves. Yep. So I would say another way to say that is we learn the hard way. And I think we're still learning the hard way to maybe be 100% responsible for our personal. And that's not to me, it, that's, that shouldn't be a discouraging thing. In fact, that to me is really empowering because you realize like, well, I'm in control.
1: Yeah. Okay. I am looking at the list and I, and I feel like that one, that actually ties, it does tie into one of the things on the list. How we have it here is that marriage is a journey of not trying to change each other, but working on yourself. So you can give a hundred percent to your marriage.
0: Yeah. And one of the things we've talked about a lot is that families are made up of individuals, but a a whole family, what I mean by whole is they're, they're fulfilled, they're complete, right? Is made up of whole individuals. And maybe we're never truly whole as a family, but we can strive to be whole and healthy and fulfilled, but that's made up of individuals who feel that same way. I think another lesson that we learned is there's a term that's used a lot in the world of ontological leadership and, or ontology and, and ontology is the study of being. So when you, when, when you talk about, and there's lots of different organizations that teach this, but they'll really study a lot and talk about how do you show up in the world? What's your way of being? Not necessarily like what do you do, but what, yeah, how do you show up in the world and how, how do you want to show up in the world? And
1: how do people experience you in the world? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And are you happy with your way of being and how you show up and how people experience you? Would you want to change that? So one of the terms that was introduced to us in, in this journey that we were on of personal growth was listenings. Sometimes I say that and people are like, you mean listening? And it's like, no, listenings. with an "s," And it's a different kind of term. But the idea of listenings is that we all have listenings of everything. And they're so deep rooted in us that sometimes we don't even know they're there. They're like like deeper than just an impression. And, and the danger is sometimes we don't even recognize that we have these listenings, so they can really run us without us even knowing it. And in a marriage, you definitely develop listenings of each other. Again, sometimes you can't even see them. And one of the things that Melissa and I recognized is that although our marriage had gotten a lot better, like dramatically better we would still find ourselves falling into like old ways of being and falling into these traps. They were kind of confusing to us because we we're like, we feel like we've evolved beyond this. How do we kind of sometimes fall back into this? And we realized we still had listenings of each other that weren't even true, but we've, but they felt like they were true. And that's the, that's what's so dangerous sometimes about listenings is you don't even realize that there's some old things left over from the past and they could be kind of described, I think as maybe a wound or or even a scar, like it's, it's, it's healed, but it's still there. And so part of this exercise was it had you write out all your listenings of someone that you might have. And Melissa and I chose to do it for each other. And so we just, without any kind of filter, without really thinking through anything, we just kind of started writing them down. And I think it kind of surprised us what was on the paper, both positive and not so positive.
1: Yeah, I think an example of what we're talking about would really serve here if you don't mind me sharing an, uh, an actual example so earlier on in our marriage i felt that chris was selfish with his time at the time you know um
0: and at the time he was selfish with his time
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he so and so what that looked like was we had a little a little boy and then we had another two little boys and i felt like i was 100% responsible for them all the time. And Chris was, um, he had a horse and he'd go ride his horse and rope. And I felt like he just did that freely. And I was, this is how I felt like, I felt like I was always stuck home and like never had a second break, but then he could come and go as he pleased. And that was like a really hard, it was super hard. But I think that we've.
0: Which that experience really, like it was real. Mm-hmm. And it formed, yeah, the app formed this listening that was true for you. Right. Like that Chris is selfish with his time. Like he just comes and goes freely. Yeah. That's, that's an idea of like it formed this listening,
1: this listening. And I would not, I don't think I would have ever, it wasn't ever something that I verbalized. I just kind of had this like little bit of resentment about it. But yeah, that, that statement, like Chris is selfish with his time. That was kind of deep within me. It's like something that I had come to know or had a listening of Chris, that he was selfish with his time. So I think um, from that point we both have like grown and evolved and Chris is not selfish with his time like I don't feel like he is at all but like there'll be times come up where he will go and rope a couple a couple of nights or even one night and I will find myself getting like thinking that thought again like Chris is selfish with his time I haven't had a break all week like wouldn't it be nice if I could have a break (laughs) and go do something I wanted to do But I realized like, okay, he's only roping one time this week. Like that is an old wound or an old listening coming up. And I have to examine it and, and really say, is that true?
0: But if you're not careful, it can just run you like it is true. And it's from years ago.
1: Yeah. But it comes up like so quickly because it's art. It's like inside of me still to some degree.
0: Yeah. And I'll share one for me because I think maybe there's some other couples that can relate to this, like. I had a listening of Melissa and this, these are things we've talked about, like we've realized and how useful it is to realize we have these listings. Cause then I think, I think once you recognize that there is an old listening, then you have some power over like, Oh, I can not that it's not going to come up, but I can question, is this truth or is this just an old listening that's running me? That's going to like cause issues. So I had, I had to, li- I had my experience of Melissa was, you know, when we first got married and for years thereafter, she didn't want to make love or be as intimate as often as I did. And I took that as like, And it wasn't just that like, oh, she just doesn't want to make love as much as I do. I took it as like, oh, she doesn't like me. Like she's not attracted to me. And I didn't even realize how like that. It was probably subconscious, but it was like a really deep seated, like listening. And then just like that example, that is not the case anymore. Like I feel like intimacy wise and maybe this more than Melissa was thinking I was going to share. This is Uh, getting juicy. (laughs) But I feel like we're very aligned in that. And I feel like... I really am fulfilled and happy with our love life. And yet at times, like one little thing can happen and like, it'll trigger me like, oh yeah, Melissa doesn't ever want to be intimate or Melissa's not attracted to me or Melissa's not into me. And I can like operate as though, and it can feel just as real and it can feel like it, like this is just like, it's, it's always been this way. You know, that's another thing that comes up. like, it's always been, or you've always, you never, you know, are attracted to me. But the reality is no, that's not true. It's not even close to true. But that, that kept happening to us. Like, So what was so confusing is things would happen. And these are just two examples of it. When we would recognize we're arguing about something or, or having some issue in our, but this isn't even like real for us anymore. Where's this coming from? And it was these listenings. And so maybe a really useful exercise to just do by yourself. You don't have to do it together. Just It might be useful to look at. Do I have any listenings of my spouse or significant other that aren't even true? Or even if they are true, but just still like they don't serve us. and Yeah,
1: they're not serving the relationship.
0: I'd say another one is that we've learned the hard way is not keeping score, which kind of is maybe sounds so obvious, but it's so easy to do. And it's so easy to tally up like, well, I did this for you or you did this for me. or. And I think the book that really made a difference for us in that was this book called The Go-Giver. That's not about marriage, actually. but We've the...
1: probably mentioned The Go-Giver half a dozen times. <laughs>
0: But just that talks about how in the book of 50-50, like this idea of like win-win, 50-50 is actually not winning because you're basically saying I'll come 50% of the way, but you have to come 50. That's keeping score. But instead, if it's I'm going to make it 100% win for you, whether you reciprocate or not, but then the other person's like, and I'm going to make it 100% win for you or try to. So that was another, I think, really big one for us Was the lesson that someone actually did te- tell us. Melissa's grandpa married us and he actually told us, don't keep score. We didn't listen too good, <laughs> but well, that was that was some advice and a lesson that we were taught. We just had to learn it the hard way. I think there's a theme for us, Melissa, yeah, learning things. Learn exactly.
1: yeah. Someone recently told us that, and I thought this was a cool idea. There's something that their dad does at a wedding is he gives them, he like walks up to the bride and the groom and he gives the the bride fifty, the groom fifty, and he's like, it's not 50-50. 50 it's a hundred, a hundred. And then he gives them a hundred and a hundred too.
0: <laughs> Which is awesome. I was like, I know, man, I, like, I would have loved that advice. And I could have used a hundred, <laughs> we could have used 300 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But it's a great point. It's like, it's not about, yeah, 50, 50. So it's not about keeping score. I think another, um, maybe the biggest lesson is people often ask, okay, so I get that you had done some of these things and these are all great, but what was the thing that took you from, cause there had to be like this initial, ignition point or starting point right you can't just go from hopeless to even trying to do some of these things what was the moment like and we always tell people is when we decided and you've heard us talk about this before but again this was the probably the this was the beginning of to me changing everything is we just had this conversation one night where we realized it was a conversation we had never had which was you know so my friend makes this distinction brad there's a difference between decision and deciding. So it's easy to make the decision to get married, but have you decided to be married, to be 100% committed and all in? And we realized that we had made the decision to get married because we wanted to, and we also felt like we should and like whatever, but we never really decided. And so we had this conversation one night where we just really said, look, look, I, I choose you. Like I'm deciding to be married to you forever. I'm not going anywhere. And we, you know, we both like, we just had this conversation we had never had, and that that deciding didn't magically change things, but I think it gave both of us the belief that we're really in this, like we're really doing this. Because up to that point in time, we actually, I think both believed and would even say like, oh, we could just get divorced or, or we'd threaten that or, you know, just, there was always this door that was open and we both knew it for each other.
1: And I think the risk in 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 just thinking like, well, you just decide, is that then there's nothing else to be done after that. that like, well, we decided. But I think that was the initial thing. But then I think once you've decided, it means like there's nothing you won't do. There, there's nowhere you won't go. Like you're committed. So maybe after you decide, that's like, okay, what do we now? What do we got to do? Like now the real work begins. Do we... Maybe we need to see a counselor and, or maybe we need to, you know, whatever it may be. It's like, you got to do the work from there.
0: Yeah. I love this. Uh, the next lesson is talk to each other in uplifting ways. So I'm going to look up a quote while I let Melissa start talking about that one.
1: Yeah. And I know we, we recently shot a podcast about this two or three weeks ago, but I just think that, yeah, you, you have to speak to each other in the way that you, the want your reality to be. Like, I think if you, if you're talking to your spouse about, you know, just always nagging them about things they're not doing, like that'll never, it'll never create what you
0: want. Yeah. I think Melissa and I had a really, it was like a stark kind of realization that when we look at the marriage, we, we truly both want to have, and we say we want to have, and we compare that with how we talk to each other. Like they don't match up. And so think about the marriage you truly want to have. And then ask yourself, would someone know that that's the marriage I'm committed to having based on how they hear me talk about my spouse when they're not around or how they hear me talk to them?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Like, how do you, I like that angle. How do you talk to the, how do you talk about your spouse when they're not there? I think that that's, I don't know, can be indicative of a lot of things.
0: So I found the quote, William H. Murray, back to that idea of have you decided and have you had the, not only have you decided, but I've talked to some people, some couples who are like, yeah, I've decided. It's like, have you told your spouse? I'm like, no, <laughs> that'd be scary. <laughs> it's like that'd be a really useful thing, you know, to tell each other. It says it says until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness concerning all acts of initiative and creation. There is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too all sorts of things occur that would never otherwise have occurred. Unforeseen incidents, meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. This quote's also credited to JW Goth. It's one of those quotes where I don't actually couple. So, but, but the point is until one is committed all right, until you've decided there is that it's like, why would I, why would I work on this? Like, why would I go all in if I'm not even, so I think it's a really important place to get to is like, Have each of you decided and more importantly, have you told each other? And so to recap, the lessons, what we focus on grows. Are we focused on what we want or more what we don't want? The idea that I am 100% responsible for my own happiness. Confronting the listenings that you have that may not even be true anymore. Not keeping score. Deciding. And then, yeah, talking to each other in ways that are consistent with what you actually want your marriage to be.
1: And then one, I have one final question. What would you say to someone who's feels like it's one-sided? Like one of them wants to work on it, wants to do all these things, but the other partner in the marriage or the relationship is not so sure.
0: I would say that you have to control what you can control, which is you. And you keep showing up and keep doing the work. And and still though casting that vision, it's not like you give up on them, but really enrolling them into the possibility that like, that's what I think. I think I was more that person who wasn't willing to do the work at the time. And Melissa was, and she kept enrolling me into the vision of like, I think we could be happy. I think we could do this. And it doesn't mean you, I, in my opinion, you probably don't just wait around indefinitely. Like, if you know, I'll just, I'll just be stuck like this forever. But I think the temptation would be to spend most of your effort and energy trying to convince that person or change them instead of just, and I know that when I saw Melissa committed to that and being the example of it, it did inspire me to say like, well, I want to that was the wake up call to me that i want to i want to at least give this a shot
1: so no matter where you are today you know if you're feeling hopeless or maybe your marriage is like fine like it's good like i think i know that there's um there's hope for for every relationship and every marriage to you know level up and these are this is how we did it thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say thank you we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you
0: You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they wanna be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple.